This week on Access Health Radio, it's our mailbag show. Welcome to the Access Health Radio show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be answering some common questions I have received recently on Access Health Radio. And I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex, North Carolina. We want to take just a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. We'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at marleydrug.com. They also have a membership program available at gomd.care where you can actually get for a low monthly fee, you can get all of your prescription medicines shipped to you for free at no additional charge each month. We'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. You can check them out at WeCarePharmacyApex.com. And the folks there will also be helping us out with some special shows this year on prescription medications. We'd also like to thank Wake Family Eye Care, who sponsor Access Health Radio Trivia. You can check them out at WakeFamilyEyeCare.com. Also, Dr. Badwan will be our special guest for some upcoming shows on eye health. Dr. Forrest, of course, uh, this is our mailbag show, and we do get letters, uh, okay, emails <laughs> from right. listeners, and uh, but we print each one of them out, and we put them in an actual bag. No, we don't. No, but we call it the mailbag. You get it. Now, if folks do have a question, though, after the show today, uh, maybe they've heard about something, want some more information about it, or they'd like more information about your practice in Apex, how can they reach out to you? If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have them answered on the show like today, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also email us at accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Um, and if they want information about our medical practice in Apex, uh, they can give us a call at 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. Or they can check out acchealth.com. After the show, if they want to listen to an on-demand podcast or if they want a family member to be able to listen to part of the show, they can do that at WPTF.com. Uh, they can download it there, or they can also download it from Apple Podcasts. All right, time to uh, dive into the proverbial mailbag. And this first question could have been written by me because I, <laughs> I keep hearing about this, but I have no idea what it is. So the question is, what is monkeypox and should i be worried about it well yes we've been hearing about it uh monkeypox is a viral illness uh it's mostly endemic in africa and recently there have been some small outbreaks in the united states um and symptoms of monkeypox typically include a fever a headache you know back pain muscle aches uh, swollen lymph nodes but the thing that really sets it apart is this skin rash and this skin rash gives you these lesions these sort of bumps that can be sort of crusty and uh, oozy uh, mm. and filled with sort of a clear yellowish fluid that can crust over and the number of lesions you know that people have can be just a few to several thousands wow and uh, the rash actually unfortunately tends to be concentrated on people's face uh, on their hands and soles of the feet, but it can also get in the mouth and in the eyes. And if it gets in the eyes, it can actually cause blindness. And, uh, you know, symptoms with monkeypox usually last two to four weeks. Usually they do go away without treatment. 
Um, but if you think you could have symptoms of monkeypox, you should really seek advice from your healthcare provider um, and let them also know, you know, who you came in contact with. Um, it is not very contagious compared to some of the other things recently. It doesn't go, uh, you know, through the air as easy as like flu or something like that. It's mostly skin to skin contact with the material coming out of these lesions, but it can be on contaminated clothes or material as well. And there are some treatments. Uh, there are some antiviral uh, medications for it. Uh, there is a vaccine for it, but a lot of times people are using smallpox vaccine uh, if they're concerned about it. Um, so it is something that's coming. Uh, you know, we have had some cases. Right now, it's not a big problem. It doesn't spread near as quickly. Um, so I hope all we hear about it is just a few more cases. Um, however, it is important to know that up to 6% of the people who get monkeypox do die from it. So it can have up to a 6% fatality rate. Well, yeah, with that and, of course, coming right out of the COVID pandemic, I can understand why people are sort of on edge hearing about this. So, oh, something new. So, uh, so good. Right. Thank you. Thank right. you very much. I appreciate that. Let's go to our next question, Dr. Forrest. And this is about cholesterol and cholesterol medicine. This writer says, I have high cholesterol, but I'm concerned about taking medicine to reduce it. I've read all types of stuff on the Internet, and I've heard people talk about the side effects of the statins. What do you say? Well, this is, you know, this is such a common question, you know, in my office as well. Mm -hmm. And it's an important one. Um, first of all, any medication can have a side effect, uh, anything. Uh, overall, with most medications, the side effects are fairly rare. I know sometimes with the TV commercials, they scare people to death. They go over every side effect that's ever happened, but sometimes they don't say, you know, it was one in a hundred thousand people and that kind of thing. Um, so usually side effects are rare. They don't happen in most people and statins as cholesterol medicines are actually much safer than even some of the common over the counter medications like aspirin or ibuprofen. Uh, you know, aspirin or ibuprofen are much more likely to cause severe side effects than the statins. And people take those every day, you know, even without a prescription. Mm -hmm. um, now, the truth is, with some of the older cholesterol medications, some of the first ones that came out years and years ago, uh, there were rare, rarely some liver issues and there was some muscle pain. Uh, with the newer medications, these are so rare that the FDA actually doesn't even recommend that we check liver function tests anymore. They used to recommend that for people on statins and they don't even recommend that anymore. The other issue is that, you know, if your cholesterol is not treated, then the side effect of that is almost a hundred percent, right? If you have high cholesterol your whole life, you're going to have like a 99% chance of getting a stroke, heart attack, or dementia. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, when people ask this question, I always tell them they can take a 1% or less chance of having a minor side effect or have a 99% chance of a stroke, heart attack, or memory loss. And, you know, obviously it makes more sense to prevent those problems. And, you know, although I prefer it when people can reduce their cholesterol with diet, because some people can, mm -hmm. uh, many people have genetically high cholesterol and their cholesterol would be high even if they ate nothing but lettuce. You know, I've had a guy who was a <laughs> vegetarian marathon runner who had his first heart attack at age 31. So. Wow. Uh, you know, it was all genetic, you know, and there was nothing he could do more about it. It just was a genetic thing. So in almost all cases, the benefits of taking cholesterol medicine when you need it far outweighs the low risk of the side effects. Okay. 
Good to know. Thank you very much. He is Dr. Brian Forrest of Access Health in Apex, North Carolina. I'm Mike Davis, and this is Access Health Radio, uh, the most informative half hour of medical information on the air. Let's go to the next one. It is true. It's true. I love this. Uh, And let's go to our uh, next question in our mailbag this week. Uh, this question, uh, this one, I don't think I have, uh, I've seen much about this recently, but I've certainly heard about it. It is St. John's wart. Uh, this writer wants to know, is it really good for depression? So, you know, first I'd like to say that, you know, I like it and love it really when people can do things natural and use natural supplements that are safe and effective. Um, however, in this case, St. John's wart is not really safe or effective. Um, it does have some effect on mood in some people, but it works far less, far less than actual FDA approved treatments. Um, it can also interact with many other medications. Uh, I've heard some of the pharmacists say it's a nightmare when people are taking this because it interacts with almost everything they take, it mm. seems like. And it can have some really severe side effects. So this is one of those supplements I don't ever recommend. Um, The other issue is that, honestly, if someone needs a medication for depression, I want them to use the most effective treatment they can, not the least effective one, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Most medications to treat depression now, even uh, the newer generics that are very well tolerated, are usually under $6 per month. Um, So they're very inexpensive. They're, They're very well tolerated and so much more effective than St. John's work. So I just don't consider that a good option for most people. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Forrest. And uh, coming up, COVID boosters, yes or no? Is it time or no? That's one of the questions coming up here on Access Health Radio Plus. Our tip of the week is on the way. Access Health Radio, it's our mailbag show this week. More questions coming up in just a moment for board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. But right now, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. There are natural foods and supplements that have positive benefits on health. However, if you are not a trained dietitian or nutritionist or have had some detailed training on these, and I don't just mean reading about them on the Internet, uh, then they can be dangerous. And some patients assume that just because it's natural, they can be either their own doctor and mix these all they want. So a uh, quick story, about 20 years ago, I was working in the emergency room when the helicopter landed with a 31-year-old stroke victim. And I was surprised that someone so young could have this happen. And it turned out that he had been taking five herbal supplements, including ginseng, ginkgo, garlic, fish oil, and vitamin E. Now, any of those supplements by themselves might have been okay, but the combination of all of them, which were all weak blood thinners, caused him to bleed into his brain and have a stroke. So even with natural remedies, get some expert advice, and the Internet does not count as expert advice. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) Thank you for that disclaimer. I appreciate it, Dr. Forrest. Okay, back to the mailbag right now. And, And we are coming out, thank goodness, from the COVID pandemic, but it's still out there. So this listener wants to know, should I get a COVID booster shot or a second booster shot now? Well, you know, as we've learned more and more, it looks like adequate immunity from COVID infection or from the vaccine starts to run out after about six months. Uh, Therefore, I currently recommend that people that have not had COVID 
in the last six months or who haven't had the vaccine or a booster in the last six months should get a booster. Um, the newer booster uh, that may be coming out from Moderna in the fall will likely be better against the Omicron variant and appears like it might give longer protection and higher antibody levels. So again, if and that may hopefully that'll get us to maybe a vaccine that's not more than once a year. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, if you have not either had COVID infection in the last six months or a vaccine in the last six months, or a booster, then I think uh, I would recommend getting a booster for most people. Okay, sounds like it's time for me to get another one then. All right. Uh, next question uh, out of the bag. Uh, this is about salt. This writer says, I heard salt was bad for you, so I'm trying to eliminate it from my diet. But I recently heard that it was less important and that you need some salt. This seems to be one of those stories. You hear something is bad for a while, and then you get new research, and it comes out, oh, no, it's good for you. So uh, what's, uh, what's the story on salt right now, Doc? Yes, it's, uh, it's true. And, you know, there's that whole thing about moderation. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes in medicine, as years go by and we do these studies, we learn what the, the right amount of moderation is. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you have to have some salt or sodium in your diet. You can't live without it. Um, we used to recommend low-sodium diets to most people, and especially anyone with high blood pressure or heart failure. However, we all need some sodium, and it turns out that too little salt can also be bad for you as well. Um, 1500 milligrams is fine for most people per day. And most people do not get health problems at less than 2,500 milligrams a day. Uh, and then people ask about blood pressure. Well, for blood pressure, even really high sodium diets, although they can affect blood pressure, it's usually only just a few points. It's not near as much as, you know, like being overweight would contribute where, you know, each pound of being overweight can raise your blood pressure one point. Um, you always, always want to talk to your physician about recommended salt intake for your, for yourself personally, but for most people up to about 2,500 milligrams a day is okay. And the main exceptions are going to be people that retain fluid or have swelling in their legs or any significant degree of heart failure. Um, those people are very sensitive to too much salt, but again, you know, ask your physician what the right amount for you is, but for most people that don't have those kind of problems, up to 2,500 milligrams per day is okay. And we used to tell people, you know, less than 1,500. So that's been kind of a change. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Relax that a little bit. You're right about moderation. Next question is about medications for chronic pain. This person wants to know why doctors seem not to use opioids or narcotics as much anymore and what people are supposed to do for severe pain? Good question. What do you think, Doc? Wow, this is, it's a complicated question, but mm -hmm. it is very important and it is a good question. So first of all, many people may be surprised to know that if uh, you total up all of the deaths in a year from all the traffic accidents, and then you add those deaths to all of the annual deaths from guns, it's still less than the number of people who die each year from opioids and narcotics, mm. especially, usually, prescription drugs. And that's just a shocking statistic to me. Um, and we've learned from recent studies that other medications that don't cause dependence uh, or addiction and that don't stop people from breathing 
can be equally effective and in some cases more effective than the opiate or narcotic pain medicines like oxycodone and Percocet. So patients should also know that many laws have changed in, in various states that actually make it much more difficult for physicians to prescribe these medications, especially for more than a one-week supply. Uh, it's also, I think, important for patients to be aware that um, at this point, all patients that are prescribed these medications, uh, you know, opiates or narcotics, are put into a national searchable database that is available to be searched in every state so that the authorities can look for misuse or diversion. So, uh, you know, it also turns out that for chronic pain, these medications lose their effectiveness over time. And there's actually uh, evidence that they can, if you continue to take them, they may actually make pain worse over time. And that's called hyperalgesia. Yeah, the uh, opioid uh, epidemic, it's a real crisis. Yes, I know some steps have been taken. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, Dr. Forrest is going to summarize some key points today and touch a little bit more on monkeypox. It's our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, time for our Trivia of the Week. Well, since we brought it up today, I thought people might like to know when the first case of monkeypox was discovered. <laughs> it was actually in 1958 when outbreaks of a pox-like disease occurred in monkeys that were being kept for medical research. And that's what resulted in the name monkeypox. Uh, and the first human case was recorded in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And that was during a time when they were trying to eliminate smallpox. So it's been with us for quite a while. So uh, it's just that we're having some recent outbreaks uh, here in the United States. Very good. So now I know I learned something else today. <laughs> That's It actually was from monkeys. Okay. So Dr. Forrest, what are some key messages from our mailbag show you want folks to take home today? Well, first of all, uh, don't worry about monkeypox yet. Uh, you know, you would have to be in close contact with someone that had lesions on their skin from it, um, and it's still very uncommon. Uh, second, if you really want to improve your health with natural supplements and diet, that's terrific. Uh, but make sure you get some actual expert advice, not just reading things on the Internet. Um, and then lastly, you know, if you are on opioids or if you have a family member that is, uh, you know, know that there are other options out there for pain relief, uh, that these days are much safer and almost all patients would do better with other options, especially for chronic pain. Well, Doc, I meant it when I said it is the most informative medical half hour on the air. Thanks. Packed a lot in today. That's all the time we have today. Our scripture this week is from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.